Welcome to Uncontained, episode 67. I'm your host, Aaron Static-Render, and as everybody who grew up listening to rock music in the 90s, well, I was saddened this week when I found out the news that Chris Cornell is no longer with us. And it saddened me even more to hear that it was suicide, because that means he didn't have to go. And... We could have had so much more great music from Chris Cornell. He had Soundgarden, Mother Love Bone, Audio Slave, and there's just so much music that could have been heard by all. And I don't know, there's been so many, so many iconic musicians and entertainers' deaths within the last year or two, like, you know, Prince. David Bowie last year, um, Charlie Murphy, Carrie Fisher, and I'm sure I missed a few. Uh, now there's Chris Cornell, and that that's just sad. We need to do something to protect our entertainers, protect our rock stars, actors, comedians. Anyway, Chris Cornell, you will be missed. To switch modes a little bit, let's talk about today's show. I have a director, writer, and actor on the show today. Yes, he moved out to Hollywood about four months ago. And, you know, it was kind of a big feat to pack up all your stuff and move to another location. And let alone let alone do that moving all the way from Israel. Yes, he was working on film for about six months in Israel. And now he's been at it about four months here in Hollywood, trying to make a name for himself. And in the mere four months that he's been out here, he seemed to do just that. And we'll get into that in the conversation. Today's guest is Tamir Gedalia. If you're enjoying the show, please uh, share it with a friend that you don't think has heard it yet. Yeah, just uh, send them a send them a message on Facebook, Twitter, or whatever social media, or even just talk to them in person and be like, "Hey, I think you might like this podcast. Check it out. It's worth a listen because the word of mouth is very powerful." And if you'd like to help out financially, of course. You know, there's the Amazon link at the top of the page. You can click that. Do your Amazon shopping. It doesn't cost you anything besides your purchase, and it helps the show out considerably. Now, I won't keep you waiting any longer for this episode with Tamir Gedalia on Uncontained. How are you doing today, Tamir? And welcome to Uncontained. I'm great. How are you? Greg, thank you for uh, joining me today, and we'll just jump right to this. You just recently moved to Hollywood, right? That's good. But unlike most people just moving across country, maybe over a state or so, traveled quite the distance to do so. Uh, where are you from, Tamir? You want to tell my uh, listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm from a country called Israel that... Uh, I hope your listeners know. Pretty sure they've all heard of it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You will be surprised how many Americans like almost didn't know or like was very unfamiliar with the country. So I'm from Tel Aviv. It's like the most uh, kind of European city in Israel. And uh, I came four months ago to LA from Tel Aviv after I was uh, an accountant and economist for a few years. And um, 
with the time I started to think what I want to do with my life and uh, I got to a conclusion that I want to go with the things I really like and not only with the things that they told me, people told me I should go or I'm, I'm good at or it, there is money in that. So you're saying you decided to not listen to people saying stick with finance, stick with uh, stick with where the guaranteed exactly. money's at, and decide to go after directing and filmmaking. Yeah, exactly. So in Israel, um, it was very different than here in LA or even in, in America. In Israel, when I said when I talked about going to film, people literally looked at me as crazy like some people asked me um what drugs am i taking or, <laughs> or uh, what, how did i lost my mind maybe i went to india and like lost my mind like and i told them no i think that you are kind of like losing your mind if, if you're going with this thinking of you must go in a, some pattern and you need to stay in that pattern because the society told you that's a good job and that's make good impression uh, and that's like your parents you will be proud of you and I start to think like about life and about like you really only live once so yeah. go with things you like like you need to be responsible you need to be you can't say like okay I'm going to be a dancer and just like with no responsibility for nothing just go and be a dancer like you need to think all the way but um but you can't stay in a job that you don't like only because society tells you it's good and I don't know, girls think it's a good job. I don't know. Like <laughs> things yeah, things that society believe and, and it's affect you and especially what your parents believe and that's like I think number one thing that affects us in choices of career. Yeah, you mentioned that uh you know, when you were talking about uh, get the job that goes with the society norm, your your parents will be proud of you. Now, did you run into some issues with your parents when you told them you wanted to uh, get into film? Yeah, um, they were a little in shock. Um, my father, especially my father, is a kind of a businessman. Uh, so he was like, he's not used to like thinking of like, uh, doing what you like or that, like doing what makes give, will provide you more money, more like, you know, will make your career more, uh, beneficial, like more economically better. And, and, um, I like, uh, it was very strange for him, like very hard in the beginning, but, um, he had also something in him, uh, which I saw in many adult people, that there is like, he, he understand in this age, he's 66 years old, and he understand like that, uh, yeah, why not go with your dream? You only live once. And he, he started to like support me. Oh, that's uh, good. That's good. Yeah. In, after a while, he started to support me. In the beginning, it was out. But um, he was he supported me. I think because I was very like uh, very targeted, you know, not like uh, I was very like uh, made a decision and went with it. And you had a clear goal of where you wanted to go. Yeah, yeah, I had kind of a clear goal, and he, he saw that I'm going after my goals. I'm not like trying to run away from hard working or something. So okay, 
he he after in the end he supported it yeah so all right awesome so you said you were working as a banker what made you decide to quit the the comfortable job and chase after directing and writing and acting Okay, so uh, I don't want like to offend any um, people from the financial world or from the... <laughs> look, really, because it's not like I appreciate them a lot, and some of them have amazing job, and um, but I I saw my time as sitting in front of a computer with an Excel and analyze numbers. Um, I I really know some people really. I have a passion for that, and I appreciate that, and they are very good at that. But I felt like always, always like um, kind of going to other places to, with my mind, one, like want to dream about that and think about that, and and like have like uh, I don't know, uh, talk about what's going on in the world in politics. My mind is going somewhere else, and I think that. Um, uh, I felt that that's I'm, I'm really good at numbers. I'm really good at financial stuff, but that doesn't mean that that's what I like. Yeah, people who went to do what they like, the the thing they like to do, and uh, th- that's uh, our journey. It's not comfortable as sitting in an office and having um, your salary every the first in the month for uh, every two weeks. Uh, uh, the same salary and everything is good and you progress and your salary is going up if you're not getting fired which more most likely you won't get if you're okay so um <laughs> they're very comfortable yeah very balanced in their life and and that's very good but um w- because you live only once so i believe like um you don't need to go after the comfortable uh yeah it's uh, nobody bothers me I go away in 5 p.m., I go home and everything is good. Like, you don't need to go after that. You need to go about your, after your dreams. If there is something in life that is interesting, like, to do and will make you, like, have passion uh, to get up in the morning, is going after goals that are hard to achieve, not goals that are, like, uh, yeah, uh, have your salary uh, getting to you every month, every... And just having quiet, boring, uh, balanced life, like yeah, uh, you know. So uh, some people, again, some people, I believe that's what they want, and that's why what fit to them the best. But I'm not like that. I'm looking after like um, things that are ch- challenging and uh, and exciting, and uh, and only because we live only once. So I don't want to waste like. My time in an office that thinking that 20 years from now I will be CEO and then I will be rich with a jet or whatever. Like, it's not, um, it wasn't my, like. Not your passion, right? Yeah. People, they imagine like the, uh, they visioned like when I will be CEO and then I will have good life and uh, I will have good car and everybody jealous at me and uh, I will have a wife, but I uh, will know no more girls like uh, from the side. Now this and this and this, and I I talk with many accounters like people that work with me, and that's why they imagine like the the benefits and what will be in the future the benefits. But I believe you need to be like thinking about your work, how much you like it, and not like 
how much you like the benefits in 20 years from now, in 10 years from now. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of what this show is based on, the name Uncontained. It's like, why do you chase after what your dream is when others tell you you know, you should stay in accounting. So the, this goes along perfectly with kind of the theme of the show, which encourages you to get out, create something, chase after what you're passionate about. If you're passionate about like an office job, uh, if you're passionate about an accounting job, there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. You chase after it. But yeah. there's some people like <laughs> you and I that just can't if that's the only thing that we're doing, it feels wrong. You know, it just feels like I shouldn't be here. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what I felt uh, doing the job. And I, I recognize that very fast. Like I recognize that something here is like, it's just not for, it's not me. You know, it's, it's, I, I saw the difference between me and other people in the office. And that was one of the big things that I saw how we are different, like in so many things so you were working in finance and you got into film in israel and you moved to hollywood four months three months ago yeah how uh, how long were you making films in israel before you decided to move so, to hollywood yeah so um when i uh, okay so when i decided that i'm going to film i knew that i'm going to hollywood it wasn't like trying to do it in Israel and then I will go to Hollywood. I, and then I went to Hollywood because I didn't like Israel film. Um, I knew that I'm going to, to Hollywood. Uh, so I worked like, uh, like for six months in a film in Israel. And then I just like I'd signed to a film school named the Los Angeles Film School. Okay. And uh, knew that that's it. And I came here like... Uh, Oh, I signed to February, uh, and it's like a year and a half program. And um, I knew that I need something. I didn't want to come study. I wanted to come get into industry, like without studying. But I, I needed some base. Like I needed some. Yeah. Is like for the start at least. So um, yeah, and I don't regret it. I met there uh, many good people and creative people uh, and teachers. And in Israel, I got some experience, but most of my experience was only for my last four months because I was like, in the last four months, I was like really full time on it, like every day doing film, going to production. I was an extra, I was a PA, um, I was a, a, sc a screenplay supervisor, um, I was everything, like every small role and this weekend i'm going to be in the first time going to be an ad assistant director uh, okay okay cool so, um i'm happy that they like the, the director uh made an interview with me and then uh, decided to take me uh it's kind of a low budget uh, film but it's very interesting uh and he's very passionate kind of director so yeah, so this time I'm going to be the first time AD and I need to prepare for that. I have like two days to make some uh, preparation, like uh, many small things that I need to go for. What do you feel you need to uh, do to prepare for the role as assistant director? Yeah, so as assistant director, you need to um, be kind of uh, manage the set, manage like um, the shots and the takes. 
and um, I need to uh, prepare like with a script to know everything when it starts, when it uh, ends, and uh, the short list um, to understand exactly what's going on with the actors, what's going on in the scene. Um, and I'm like the right end of the director. That's like the the meaning of uh, an AD. Yeah, so I will be much smarter uh, in the next uh, few days after I study more. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. Like, uh, and after the experience I will have in the weekend, I hope I won't crash there. So, because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I always say yes to everything. So uh, I know someday I will like be like, I don't know, go be in uh, some place when won't know what to do and like be humiliated or something. Uh, <laughs> it's like... Uh, <laughs> Uh, fear that I have, but uh, I hope it will be okay. So, have you found it uh, pretty easy to find work since you've moved to Hollywood? Yeah, so um, I found it not easy to find work. I mostly volunteering. That's like what I I understood in very soon in the beginning when I came to Hollywood that the um, journey here is not starting with your very beginner and um, with no any almost any experience compared to um, what Hollywood represent um, uh, you need to say thanks if they take you to volunteer in projects because okay. competition here is so crazy that I see people beg to work for free and that's sounds crazy but that's only in hollywood like people beg to work for free you see actors <laughs> beg to work and some of them are like amazing actors they worked in uh, in things that you want maybe you've recognized some of them even and they work for free um uh because the competition here is so hard and when you don't get job at all and someone let's imagine like uh, you don't have a job like for, I don't know, six months. You don't get a job. And then some, and then someone offers you to volunteer in a movie or to volunteer in a production, kind of a production. So you have two choices. Or to say, no, 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 only paid job. Okay. Or to say, hey, okay, maybe I'll know there are people that get me to other, to, to will give me a job. Or maybe I will put it in my showreel. And then I will have better showreel and then I'll have better credits and better CV. So you actually see many people go to work for free. And you never know who you're going to meet on that uh, exactly. job that you're working for free, which could lead to something paid. Exactly. And uh, that's why this crazy kind of thing of just going volunteering and stuff, like even for stuff of one week of only every day, 12 hours work. Um, it's it's logical because if you don't if you have that such a competition and not you don't have work so yeah people actually very professional people go to work for free and that's amazing that's I know it only from this industry. Okay, you mentioned that it's like super competitive out here in Hollywood. Is it competitive in Israel in the film industry? Is there sa same level of competition or is it completely different? Mm -hmm. Um, in Israel, uh, it's like, um, it's very competitive, 
but it's like people already know there that they are not going to make a career in film. It's kind of like I can, I don't know, the number of people who make a living from film in Israel is like really, really small. It's like uh, something like, I don't know, maybe a few hundreds of people like make a living only in Israel. Okay. Like that's what's going to my mind. Uh, like it's very small industry, but you see, so you see a lot of people, uh, they make like kind of, the, or they have a second job or um, they, yeah, they try like to get uh, into TV, which have kind of more uh, TV, have more like kind of jobs for that. Commercials, uh, you can say TV and commercials provide jobs to people from film uh, industry, but you don't see people almost make money from film. And the budget okay. of four films uh, are coming from the government mostly and less from investors. Oh, really? So the government finances most uh, TV uh, and commercials? <coughs> no, the government um, finance films. Um, the okay. TV okay. commercials are very, it's a commercial thing. It's like uh, all business, but the films are financed, a lot of them, by the government like the Ministry of Culture. Um, so they finance uh, films that will uh, help Israel to, good look, uh, to, to look good and uh, go to festivals like, uh, and make the film industry in Israel better. And uh, it actually succeeds sometimes because we were nominated uh, for an Oscar for uh, Walset Bashir. That was a, it is Israeli movie. And uh, others, some movies and uh, actually, we have one Israeli actress that is very successful now. Can you guess who, who she is? <laughs> <laughs> the Israeli actress that's really successful. Help me out here. Help me out here. The premiere going to be most successful movie going to be like in two weeks from now. Okay. Uh, who is it? <laughs> uh, I will give you one more, more uh, thing. It's a comics film. It's a um, kind of superhero film. A woman superhero. I can't tell you more. Oh, that. that's <laughs> right. Um, Gal Gadot. The Wonder Woman is an Israeli lady, right? Yeah. What is her name? Gal Gadot. Yeah. I wouldn't have ever, ever thought of that, but <laughs> the name does sound familiar. We actually, I was having a discussion with somebody about this not too long ago. Yeah. Um, that's funny because she was uh, in the IDF, which is the Israeli Defense Forces. And she, really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And she was uh, a fighting, how do you call it? Like uh, a trainer, a fight trainer. Like she, she trained um, soldiers to, to kind of uh, physically fight or kind of um, uh, Krav Maga, you know? Okay. Yeah. Wow. So uh, that that's stuff serious. Yeah. <laughs> it's a serious. Uh, yeah, I think that's what one of the things that helped her to get uh, this role of Wonder Woman. Because, uh, yeah, she's really a fighter in, in her life. And she's like, um, really, I really appreciate her. I see her job, like how she works um, and how she, her attitude is very good. And that's why what I think made her go, going full success. And I think yeah. after this movie, um, I think this movie will change like... Uh, that's going, uh, I just saw the trailer and I think it's going to be really amazing. Um, 
And uh, I think after this movie, she's going to be, I don't know, like the top 10 actors of Hollywood, like right now or something. That's going to be interesting to see what happens. She's the most successful Israeli person in Hollywood, I think, ever. Second place is Menachem Golan, which was a, a producer and a director in the 80s in Hollywood. Okay. So outside of film and outside of the entertainment industry, what what is it like moving from Israel to to America? Okay. Um, oh, that's interesting because um, it's like, first of all, the size, I, I moved to LA, so... America yeah, and LA is kind of different. Uh, LA is like, first of all, the size of it is just to get from a place to place is so crazy. Um, I'm used to walk, I just walk. And I remember when I came here, I just I said, okay, let's walk, to, let's walk the the, the city. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, very soon I got to understand that I I can't at all walk the city i can't walk the neighborhood even like uh <laughs> it's so crazy uh <laughs> eyes of everything and it's all about it's like la is very unique like so you feel it's in the most um uh, i don't know in in the biggest form of capitalism like you feel how everything is about the money everything is about the money Everything is about um, kind of sometimes superficial things. It's all about like, you know. <laughs> You're saying uh, Hollywood's about superficial things? Um, and not the arts, not, not the, the, the films themselves, but, you know, the all kind of the celeb kind of. Um, <laughs> like the Kardashians and stuff like that. Kind of, yeah, all kind of, uh, yeah. Of oh, yeah. TV shows and realities and like. Um, and all the wannabes, all the people that try to be. I'm like, I can say, you can say I'm maybe one of them, but but uh, maybe I would sound bragging. But it's not bragging. It's like kind of uh, look upon other people. Uh, I'm not mean to, but it's like I see people. I'm trying to succeed in Hollywood, but I see people that are like trying to succeed, but they are not aware like of themselves, like at all. Like in, they are like in another dimension. And um, like, what do you mean by that? I mean, like, let's take, take, for example, like when you watch uh, America Got Talent and you see those guys who uh, the, like the show make fun of them. They think that next singer, then the next Madonna or something. And then they screw up like on, on the on the stage, like, but really bad. Like, it's like <laughs> they are not aware, like even that they are not close to be something that is similar to to a singer in also in acting and also in filmmaking people that are really not aware of themselves and i'm not talking about they doing bad job i'm talking just they are really not there they're not with us like that's they, they their attitude is so not fit to the industry and to to the work so um yeah so you see a lot of these kind of people and uh, that's why you see a lot of people here, like, uh, just come to Hollywood for a few years and leave. And you see a lot of disappointed people here, like a lot of people who are trying to walk in the street, like, uh, of, uh, like, dress as Superman and, you know, yeah. can make photos with people and take tips. Okay. 
yeah, so it's like a crazy competition. It's so many people that try to compete on being the next Brad Pitt, on being the next uh, uh, Ashton Kutcher or whatever. Uh, okay. Yeah, so it's like interesting for me to see like uh, those kind of things. And I also uh, kind of write a uh, screenplay of that. Like uh, it's really interesting for me to show the underground of Hollywood. Not what they show you on La La Land, the movie, or like um, uh, all the glamour that they show you, but show you the the really underground part of Hollywood, where the people have nothing, to, they have no food to eat, and they are like trying to to survive. And still, that would that actually be a very interesting uh, documentary or movie? Yeah, yeah. Um, I see many interesting fil- uh, things. Uh, and I see also many interesting things between um, guys and girls, like the dating world here. It's different maybe than other cities like in America because I see things like, of you know, all the, I see producers, I got to meet a lot of producers and I see how they trying to pick up girls and what they use for that when they pick up girls who try to, to succeed in Hollywood. So, um, they come to them as a producer and she's an actress. So she needs him. She's needing him very much. And if she, she, she will be so happy if he can help her and he knows that. Yeah. So he's going to use his power to, you know, it's like very, I, I saw that in action. <laughs> yeah. That, that, yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. So did you have any big culture shock when you moved from Israel to Hollywood? Um, yeah, one of them was that uh, I saw many people that are like, uh, first of all, yeah, the work ethic in the film industry, you see many people work very, very hard. You don't know their name and you don't know nothing about them, but they are like every day for years working very hard in productions. Um, and um, things that, something that was a culture shock. Um I think um, it was like uh, just just the thing that is like kind of in LA, um, really all about the money. To be poor is like being in hell, okay? Like it's literally hell. And to be richer is literally being kind of a god or something. It's amazing to be richer. Okay. You said being poor is like being in hell? In LA, especially in LA. In LA? Yeah, okay. if, you don't, if you're broke in LA, you are in really, like, you have a really bad life. It doesn't matter what you do. And if you have a lot of money in LA, you are literally have amazing kind of things you can do. And yeah, so that's like, this city is uh, a lot about that, about how much you have. So you feel that in every place you go. Yeah. Okay, so what advice would you give to somebody who is looking to get started in LA or even move from, say, uh, overseas like Israel to LA? Um, that first of all, you need to forget about, um, not think about the glamour that maybe is go he thinks that he's going to experience. Uh, Hollywood uh, provides a lot of, uh, they know how to market themselves. Uh, 
And they make money from people that come here and start studying in film schools and start uh, trying to succeed here and put money here. So don't think that what you see in TV, we watch in Israel, we have like uh, TV shows like the Kardashian, uh, uh, Hollywood Hills, like many kinds of shows. Yeah, that show like Hollywood, that you think like the life in Hollywood, like she thinks she will come to Hollywood and her life will be like Kim Kardashian's. And it's not like it won't be. Like yeah. So it's like um, you need to, to forget about all, all the, the glamour you think you're going to have. Um, and you need to understand that those people, when you watch like Leonardo DiCaprio or like uh, Tom Cruise and you think like they have like only they're they just talented and they have good life and everything. So no, everyone here that succeed including the music industry, like Justin Bieber and Lady Gaga, all of them have one thing in common. All of them. What's that? Very, very hardworking. Like, I I don't know, I, I don't think I know one lazy, successful artist. I, I, I don't think it exists almost. Like, uh, you need to work hard in order to succeed, even if you're talented, or not talented, you need to work out. Like, it won't come to you. Like, Leonardo DiCaprio didn't sit in home and, like, uh, people gave him, like, uh, opportunities and films. He worked very hard, yeah. still working like crazy. And sometimes I don't understand why he still worked like crazy after all his success, but he's still working like crazy. And all these big stars, lady, you see Justin Bieber, you think, like, he just comes, sings, and go like, no man, he's he's working on every song and everything. He's have long days and um and all of these people working hard. So you can't succeed here without hard work. So basically, you won't get there on talent alone. You have to uh, bring like a serious work ethic with you. Yeah, and you need like to to um, maintain your success even after you get successful. You need to always work hard, like. All right, great. Now, you mentioned promoting yourself. What do you do to promote yourself in Hollywood now that you're there? What do you do to help you get connected? What I do, like, most of the time, uh, first of all, uh, one thing that technology took us to is um, that a lot of the networking is now on the Internet, which is weird because we are used to, like... uh, that you make connections, but no, by knowing people face to face. But um, much of the opportunities are on the internet. Uh, even I can say even in the Facebook, in Facebook, and and you need like to make your your showreel or slash resume, CV, um, anything that is of your form of art or your song that you produce, whatever. And um, you need to send it to a lot of people that um, that asking for to that want to know uh, new t- talent, new talent. Okay. And, uh, you, so you have Facebook groups, like for me, it's like film groups um, that I ask for PA here and PA there, or like uh, assistant director. That's going to be my job this weekend. Uh, um, so I saw all of this in Facebook and part of them also on uh, the web, uh, special websites that are specially for that. 
uh, like backstage, uh, actors access, uh, cast, um, and uh, you have many other kind of little, but these are the big free sites uh, that you need to go to them and just sign and make your um, everything, CV, showreel, uh, and just uh, start to apply to projects. All right, perfect, man, perfect. Thank you. And since you've been out in LA, uh, what has been a highlight so far for you? What's been uh, one of the a big accomplishment or something that you tell people back home that you've done? Um, first of all. Uh... For me, uh, I, I acted in uh, a USC film, uh, University of Southern California uh, okay. film, and um, I had a small role there. But for me, even that, just I just got here to LA, and two months after I got here, I'm already acting in something. Uh, that was for me already kind of a, a, like something. I, uh, like that was on my bucket list. I was in a movie yeah, that produced in Hollywood. That was like one of one of my dreams when I was like younger. And so I was <laughs> right acting, and I'm going to act in another film uh, um, two weeks from now. And um, another highlight is that um, I, I wrote a screenplay for a short movie and. Uh, I'm actually I got like very good feedbacks on it, and that was like this little thing of getting good um, good feedbacks on, on something that uh, wasn't my career till one year ago um, was very important to me, and uh, I think the, most, the the biggest highlight I think is going to be this weekend because uh, I wanted like to be a assistant director. And I thought yeah, I will need to have more time till I will get accepted to, to do that. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm going to do it uh, this weekend. So this is now for me is a die like. Um, so that's why I'm excited for the weekend. All right. Great, man. Uh, yeah. Assistant director in uh, just over three months. That, that is pretty impressive. You mentioned you wrote a screenplay. Uh, you're going to be assistant director this coming weekend. When people come and see your work or when they read your screenplay, what do you want them to remember or take away from from your work? Mm, what I like about um, my kind of things that I put in my in my stories is that. Um, I like the the real life. I like uh, like I told you about the screen the script I wrote about. I'm still writing about Hollywood, the the real life in Hollywood. I like the real yeah. life to show the 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 real like let's say we show a relationship relationship. It's not only like crying and shouting or or, or, a, or a love scene or it's like much more than that and it's like very. Uh, kind of in real life, it's more boring. Kind of, I like to show the kind of real life, and and if we we take uh, some kind of uh, maybe example for that, I don't know I can take the movie Lost in Translation. Um, 
the Bill Murray movie. Yeah, with Bill Murray, Scarlett Johansson. Uh, I, 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 that's a good example to things I like. It's like I, I like to uh, the, a, mo- a good movie doesn't have to to have a lot of drama and high stakes in it. Life or death okay. or like big like um, relationship. She's leaving him. She's coming back to him. I think a movie that show you like the real things in life and uh, the real little problems in life. Uh, and if you do it good, it it can be not less good than that than a movie with a lot of uh, drama. So I like the realistic kind of uh, acting and 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 the the script. I, I like it very realistic, very like just our life to show our life and. Um, in a very um, truth, with a lot of truth. Definitely cool. So, Tamir, I have uh, actually just one more question for you uh, before we wrap up the show. But first, where can people get a hold of you? Say they want to see some of your work or a director is listening, wants to get a hold of you. Uh, where where can people get a hold of you? Fans, otherwise, websites, yeah. Facebook, etc. Um, I think that uh, for this uh, for this level, like for this time, I think that uh, just they can always just connect me in Facebook and be my friend in Facebook, and just uh, I can share with them what I have. They can share with me um, things they want to share, like and. Just uh, have uh, add me as a friend on Facebook. I think that would be enough. Yeah, I have a lot of things on my wall, even part of my uh, things that films that I acted in. So yes, after I was talking to you about coming on the show, I saw um, one that took place in a pharmacy. It was all yeah. it was not in English yeah. and did not have English subtitles, so I couldn't quite uh, read along. But uh, I followed along just from the imagery. <laughs> yeah and did you like it by the imagery i did i did i enjoyed just watching it uh it was uh from what i took from it, it was a couple guys that worked at a pharmacy uh one introduced to drugs as a recreational habit and then uh it went from recreation to necessity and addiction and uh started started robbing basically the breaking in at night and stealing drugs from the pharmacy. Yeah. Um, actually, yeah, the, you got it right, even without uh, translation. So those <laughs> maybe my expressions uh, and the other actor expression made uh, it go through to you. Um, yeah. Did you direct that? No, too, or? no. I was like only the leading role, but I wasn't directed it. Uh, I didn't direct it. Um, I, uh, yeah, that movie was, uh, my first time that I was, uh, in a kind of, that was, you can say it was my first leading, leading role. Okay. I, yeah, I was, uh, I act, I played, uh, a narcotic, uh, pharmacist that have, uh, an addiction, uh, and, uh, his brother, his little brother, supposed, uh, supposed to be, he's his little brother, but he's more uh, mature than him in many ways. Okay. And he need like to guard his uh, old brother, but from the other side, it's still your, his older brother. So it's like, um, 
he, he need to play with those uh, kind of uh, to be little brother of of someone, but from other side be his guardian. So it's like uh, that's especially what the movie is about. All right, so he's influenced by his little brother. Really yeah, easily. yeah, exactly. And uh, um, yeah, so that was my first uh, one thing that I like more about acting because I want to be a filmmaker is um, that uh, I study, when I'm acting, I study about the filmmaking because I see the director and I see uh, the, 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 uh, the grip guy and the sound, the boomman, and I see how everything is working while I'm acting. So I, okay. I like it. Uh, I, I also learn from it, like not only in acting, but also filmmaking. And that, that, that's why you see many actors go and become, like, after that, the directors. And, uh, like, for example, Clint Eastwood or uh, Mel Gibson. So, um, yeah, so that's, I think it's very, it's helped me when I act. It's really helped me to understand better filmmaking. Okay, I was going to say, did it actually help you uh, understand directing better being in front of the camera? Do you think it will help you give better direction to the actor? Yeah, I think it's like really the director and actor is really a kind of a very uh, attached to each other and, and relate to each other like a kind of professions. Um, that's, uh, yeah, that's helped me a lot. Being a director helped me to be an actor, and being an actor helped me to be a director. And uh, I see that as very happy. Like people that sometimes tell me, you need to decide, are you a director or an actor? And I'm like very against it. Like you don't need to decide. Like you see wonderful <laughs> people. Can you tell Woody Allen that he needs to decide if he's an actor or, or a director? Because he's a director, but he's also acts in his film. So yeah he's yeah. Mel Gibson like he's a he directed Braveheart and he acted the, the main the leading role in Braveheart so is he an actor or director like you can it's not like um what you don't need to pick one of the things so I love both of them and I'm sure that I, I want to do both of them without choosing <laughs> do you identify yourself as one more than the other though I'm not asking you to choose yeah, yeah. but feel like I'm more of a director than an actor yeah. or more of an actor than a director uh, I'm, I'm many Woody Allen once said like uh, that if they will give him to act Shakespeare kind of uh, play he, he wouldn't know what to do because he's not an actor he's not Woody Allen is not an actor, like he's, he can play himself. And so, so I'm kind of like, uh, I'm an actor, but I want, like, you will give me now to play, I don't know, like, kind of, um, I don't know, transgender or something. Like that. I will be, it will be maybe out for me. Like, it will be maybe, uh, it's not me, you know, it's not like, I, yeah. my acting is acting like different roles that are not relating to me. It's not, I'm not good at that. I'm good at things uh, that related to me. Even when I uh, play the drug addict, um, I'm not a drug addict, but but uh, I I could feel part of the things that this guy feel as a drug addict. Like from I took some things from my life that I was addict to, but not like not drugs, but things that I got that I knew that are bad, but I still 
did those things. So it's like uh, I can play only specific things. So I'm not seeing myself as an actor like that can act everything. Just just an actor that is from a specific kind of roles. All right, cool. Okay. Tamir, I have one more question for you here. It's the title question of the show. Okay. Tamir, how do you live uncontained? Mm. Okay, so uh, people still like uh, look like down on me. Like they look at me like I'm not going to succeed at all. Like for sure I'm not going to succeed, and for sure I'm not going to make a living. Nothing. Like, and um, I always look on all the successful people. And I look about uh, on like people that uh, to see uh, other people that that uh, got to be successful and their history. And when I look about it in Google, I Google it and I saw Michael Jordan. Did you know that he was cut from his high school high school basketball team? Yes. He, he, yes. Do you know uh, why he has the num wore the number twenty three? Oh no! Why? Because his brother was actually number 45, all right? And he wanted to be half as good as his brother. Ah. So basi basically, he's like, yeah, I just want to be half as good as my brother, so I'll pick the number just over half of that number. And that's also why he wore 45 when he came back from retirement. Wow. I didn't know that. That's a good, uh, interesting fact. Okay, so little nugget yeah. of trivia so, for you but continue on with your story sorry about the interruption with the michael Jordan. <laughs> no that's uh, totally okay um so yeah you see someone like michael jordan and he was rejected and he was looked upon and if we go to film you see something even like more amazing than that like steven spielberg which we all know as maybe one of the best if not the best director ever um he was rejected from film school of uh, USC, University of Southern California, three times. They didn't accept him. And wow. he, he went to another, he needed to go to a much lower prestige school. And, um, and he became who he became, but that was like, what? Three times they reject him? So you see people say, uh, make things that, uh, get rejected, and you see there is no nothing. Oprah Winfrey, uh, that she's now the, I think the power, most powerful person in television, American te television ever, or in the history of television at all. Uh, she was uh, fired from a show. Uh, she was a news reporter, and she was fired because. Um, uh, they told her she has too much, like, her, uh, she don't she don't perform good. She give too much emotion in her stories, and uh, and yeah, and the producer uh, came to her and fired her from the news, and he told her you won't be nothing, like you won't get anywhere. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld was for a long time he was a comedian, and he was fired one by time, uh, uh, time by time, like he was fired from a different. Uh, uh, kind of uh, clubs that he uh, performing and programs that he started to, to work with. And all of these people are the most successful people like in their art form. And they are all were rejected and fired and people told them you won't, they won't succeed. So 
how can someone tell me if I will succeed or not? Like, how you see that the society don't know what will be. And if we'll take it for politics, for little thing, you see, like, they didn't know even who the president, they told the president, you won't be the president, and he was the president. So you don't know what will be. Like, you, you, you can't listen to what the society tells you. You can listen to what your good friends tell you, and also that take it very, um, like, don't take it literally, just think about it, what they tell you, and think what to do with that. But, okay, um, yeah, just do, do what you do, and be responsible. Be always think about it, if, am I doing the right thing? Should I continue, or should I not continue? But, but never take what society tells you, Never take it as uh, for granted. Like, never take it like uh, that's the truth. Do what you do and just do it. Perfect. Well said. And uh, just to throw one more thing on top of that, I think one of the things that all of those people that you mentioned had in common, Michael Jordan, Steven Spielberg, Oprah Winfrey, um, and all the other people that you mentioned, I think they took that failure and people telling them that they – they wouldn't amount to anything and turn that into motivation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They they took it and they that gave them more gas, like to 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 be to succeed because they wanted to prove those people who reject them and told them they won't be nothing, kind of to prove them I can be what I want to be and. Um, and and that's why sometimes I even like rejection. I uh, when I get rejected, I'm like waking up, like okay. So I'm like taking my hands and like okay, let's see how I'm going to what I'm going to do. Now. I will show you that you did a mistake that you didn't take me to this film, to this show, to this uh, production. So exactly, exactly. That's why I I sometimes. Like you need to love to be rejected. Yes. You need to want to be rejected in order to succeed after. Very, very interesting. Very interesting thought. You gotta want to be rejected, and by getting rejected, you're probably pushing your boundaries, right? Exactly. Yeah. By getting rejected. Getting out of your comfort zone and getting rejected. Yeah. And it's make you an interesting, more interesting person, because I don't know interesting people that succeeded in everything in their life. Most of the time, they're not, they not very interesting, right? They're very like, yeah, he just succeeded. Everything went good in his life. And it's like very boring kind of person, you know? But Yes, yes, I yeah. agree. So that's like um, to, to get rejected, make you, it's kind of building your character, building your personality. So. <laughs> All yeah. right. Perfect, Tamir. Thank you for coming on the show today yeah. and talking with me. Uh, I wish you uh, great luck at your um, at your director assistant or your assistant director job coming up uh, this weekend. Thank you very much. And um, thank you once again. And I always have my guests do one thing for me at the end of the show. Okay. okay. Uh, just one more thing. Very simple. Tamir, will you do me the honor of signing off the show for me today? I am Tamir Gedalia, and I live uncontained. And that does it for this week's episode of Uncontained. Thanks again to Tamir for coming on the show, and thank you for listening. If you want to find me on social media, you can find me at Uncontained Pod on Facebook and on Twitter. 
And uh, yeah, as always, you have the website on containedpod.com. So hit me up on social media. Let me know if you want to hear anybody specific on the show. If uh, you know you you have any suggestions, comments, please let me know. And also a rating on iTunes or your pod player of choice would be very helpful because it helps the show become more visible to people who wouldn't normally see it. Because really, if if you aren't listening, it's just me having a cool conversation with somebody else. And it's uh, more fun having an audience. Thank you again for listening. And as always, until next time, live uncontained.